What's up guys, Lucas Still and Steven Talbert here with Awesome Athletes and today we're going to talk about velocity and uh, why velocity is important. It's a big factor of our program. It's an integral part of the game today. Um, so just kind of off the bat, yep. velocity is sort of a, uh, a prerequisite in order to play at the higher levels. Uh, I don't care how good you are, if you're throwing 75, you're not going to get drafted. Yep. That's just kind of a fact of the game. Um, Isaiah Nunez, one of our co-workers, was one of the best pitchers stat-wise during his college career at uh, Northridge, uh, but he sat 78 to 82 from the left side. No offense, Zay. <laughs> Great pitcher. He was a yeah. Friday night guy and had Great. amazing collegiate stats. Was, I think, ninth or eighth in the nation in walks per nine. Oh, uh, yeah. Great pitcher, but didn't get drafted because his velo wasn't there. Um, uh, I think it was 15 or 20 years ago, the average fastball in the major leagues was 89. Last year, the average fastball was 93.5. So everything is increasing. I don't think there's a single guy drafted in this last year's draft that didn't throw 90 plus. Yeah, at least. Uh, granted, it was a five-round draft. Um, but why velocity is important if you want to kind of dive into it. A, now, if your fastball is harder or faster, mm. the hitter has less time to react, right? So what does that mean? Not only are you going to get more swings and misses, are you going to be able to miss more barrels, but now you have a greater margin of error because the hitter has to decide to swing sooner. And so they are deciding if a pitch is a strike to swing on. So pitches that might be out of the zone are more likely to be swung at because hitters have less time to react. Yeah, I mean, with the stuff being there, that's, that's kind of the deal with the lingo of uh, if you just pitch, they'll come and find you. Or if you just locate your fastball, you know, they'll come and find you. You'll have success. And I think we're seeing now that that's just very rare and simply not true. You might have a guy, an outlier like Hendricks now with the Cubbies. I mean, but he's got, you know, metrically speaking, probably one of the better moving fastballs in the game. So it doesn't compare to, for example, your 88, your 86 mile an hour, you know, straight heater that's, you know, not moving the same clip as his. Right. But to your point, it's like, you know, if you look at the game, you know, every night there's guys coming out of the bullpen that are 97 to 100. 100 plus and if you look at the pitches not every pitch is right and low and outside the corner they're missing up they're missing out but the hitter has no choice but to swing right and the velocity is the only thing that's going to influence you know that miss right. which is good not when you have higher the higher velo guys you guys are throwing 95 plus not only is their fastball better but now their off speed's better too oh, yeah so your slider sharper your curveball has more depth like all of your secondary stuff is better too so now you have better stuff again getting more swings and misses, getting more swings on bad pitches out of the zone. Um, as a pitcher, at the end of the day, you're just trying to get that guy out and not let him score. That's kind of a simplified version. Right. It's a lot easier to do that when you throw harder and you have better off speed. Yeah, I mean, it's much easier when you throw 97 instead of 87. I mean, everybody in the world knows that, right? And this is a hot topic in the sense that everybody gets fired up about the command versus velo argument. And they can go hand in hand. You know, our point is that we want to combine them to where we're, we're addressing velocity first, not command first. And that's something you know we learned through up at Driveline Baseball and all the connections we've made and what we've learned is that you, know, you train the stuff first, let's get the stuff there, and then we can learn how to pitch and execute, which are both tough jobs. They're neither are easy to do. That doesn't mean we have to 
run away from velocity and just pretend like it's going to show up one day. You know, you know, it's easy to hit a pad at 70%. You know, it's easier, easier I should say, but you know, you can, you can flip the ball in there and hit the pad, hit the pad. But when you go into the game, it's like, you know, if I'm practicing at 70% of my RP all the time, it's not going to work. Right. You don't just turn it on in the game. I think so, it was, it might have been Bauer that said, you have to throw 95 before you can command 95. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the mechanics of anyone that's gone from 85 to 95 or 80 to 90 or anyone that's had a big velo jump, they're going to look way different when they're throwing 10 miles an hour harder. So it does really make a lot of sense to perfect your mechanics and perfect your command if you're throwing 80, if your goal is to command 90. Like yeah. you got to be able to learn to throw 90 and then learn to command it. Um, yeah, you're not building an engine or building mechanics for an 80 mile an hour body. You want that 90, 95 with mm -hmm. the good mechanics and command there. And then on top of that, like if you're throwing at 70% RPE, it's really tough to repeat that yeah. Because one throw might be 69%, one throw might be 71%, one throw might be 70%. So you're not going to have the same exact mechanics. The easiest percent RPE to repeat is 100%. Yeah. And that's the best way to actually like repeat your mechanics, which is a buzzword now. Which uh, is also tough, yeah, but it is the best way to go about it. Is have the end goal in mind, which is, you know, throw my best pitch right here, right now, and have that intention, and then here comes my body, and I'm going to let it do what it does to give me that result. Everybody's different, right? So it's with that end result in mind, it's going to be key right. uh, to how the body reacts. And it's also like once you are throwing harder, your mechanics probably are better. Yeah. It's like a lot of the way that, you know, we teach mechanics comes through constraint drills and, you know, weighted implements and putting kids or trainees in positions where they're kind of forced to emulate a movement that we want yeah. without telling them and having them try to force it and so when they're doing that over time and their body adapts to that now the ball might come out better mm -hmm. just from more efficient movement patterns uh, which will result in higher velocity so higher velocity might be you know uh, might show you that hey you're actually doing this more efficiently yeah and that's just that comes from us just saying i mean hey let's try to throw the ball hard here it works a lot with younger kids you'll see a lot and i'm sure a lot of you know i mean when you tell a younger kid that you know has been told a lot of positional They've been aware of their position, positions through their motion, their delivery, and everything. But you just tell them, that, hey, let me, let me see you throw this ball as hard as you can. It's pretty incredible what their body will do. Yeah. Um, when they're younger, it's a little easier. They don't have reps and reps and reps of uh, uh, ingrained motion in them. But it's pretty impressive when you just tell them to throw the ball hard. What can happen? And like we're saying, that results in the velocity and the movement patterns we want to see. I mean, the, the thing that I say a lot is like, if I was trying to teach you how to run fast yeah. or run correctly, and I was all right, see you, and I want you to lift your left elbow at the same time you lift your right knee, and I want you to have dorsiflexion in your yeah. left ankle when it reached peak maximum. I'd fall gonna, over. You'd be fall over. You'd be robotic. Yeah. You'd be stiff. You wouldn't run well. But if a cheetah ran through the door and you had to run for your life, you'd probably have pretty good mechanics. Yeah, I'd be out of here. <laughs> you know, you'd yeah. be out of here. You'd be moving yeah. quickly. But that's just like. You know, getting out of the trying to force certain things and yeah. just moving as fast as you can, resulting in having better mechanics. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just all this upside to velo, and there's all this upside to having command with velo. It's not, yeah. as you said, it's not like they're separate of each other. So usually they can go hand in hand. Like I see it a lot just because I edit all our videos. Yeah. Usually in a bullpen or live ABs, the guys, the hardest pitches of said bullpen or said live ABs are usually strikes. And yeah, the balls that true. are yanked or pulled are usually a couple miles an hour slower. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's the hard thing with 
what, what we're doing and where the game's going now. The game's changing, whether people like it or not. And I hate saying the old school versus the new school, but, you know, the two different thoughts we currently have, we all see it. Everyone out there knows. You know, there's this big command circle, it seems, and there's a big velocity circle, it seems. And like Lucas says, you know, a lot of times when we try to tell guys, you know, throw the ball as hard as you can in this bullpen, whether it's we don't care ball or strike, you know, whatever it is, it's just to work on arm speed and velo. You know, a lot of times it will be a strike at their highest clip, you know, their highest velocity. So it's, and it, and it makes a lot of people upset, you know, thinking that, oh, we don't care about velocity here. You guys don't care about where the ball goes. Your pitcher will never perform in a game. And it's not that. There's a time and place to work on those things, like we said. And, you know, there is a place for pitching. We all know that. You can't just go into a game and walk five batters in a row without probably getting yanked or something happening without a process. We all know that. But we're strictly talking about the velocity of your fastball and the other pitches and how that gets you in the door at the higher level. We all know that. And I think that's why you need to prioritize, you know, training wherever it may be, however it may be, you know, with a data-driven approach. It's just, it's crucial now if you want to play at that next level. You know, so. It's like a, <coughs> almost like a hierarchy of needs, right? Like, yeah. or the lowest hanging fruit or progression, whatever you want to call it. Like, you kind of need the velo before you can build all the other stuff, like you were just talking about. Like, yeah, you need to be able to pitch. You can't go to walk everyone. Yeah, you need a curveball. You need to be able to hold runners on, like all this mm-hmm. stuff. But if you're throwing 75, all that stuff doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to play past a certain point. Yeah. So a lot of the pull downs and stuff that, you know, we post that guys see, like that's kind of step one. Let's, let's build the engine. Mm-hmm. Let's get guys throwing hard. Once you have the velo, like we've got, you know, some pro guys that don't pull down at all. And they pull down like once or twice in an off season. Uh, but they need to refine their slider and make their slider go from eight inches of horizontal break to 10 inches or something small like that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our time is spent on the mound. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they're cutting their fastball, 70% of fastballs, and we need it to be 95 plus. So we're doing a lot of work with the clean fuego, slow motion camera, yeah. trying to, with the rap soto, trying to uh, clean up the spin efficiency on the fastball. So mm-hmm. again, it's not that velo is the end all be all, but if it's something that without it, it doesn't really matter what else you have. Like, yeah. I strongly believe that you could put Isaiah Nunez into a minor league game right now, a major league game, and he'll get outs. Yeah, he'll get outs. He did it in the Big West against guys that got drafted. Yeah. Got wins, didn't allow runs, but he never got the opportunity to do it at the next level because his velocity was his ceiling. And so yeah. on the flip side of that, you got a bunch of guys that struggled in college stat-wise. Yeah. That one guy, I think he was from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah we saw the, in the draft this year. That, right? Yeah, there's a guy in the draft this year that was uh, throwing, what, 98 to 100? Yeah, 100. Yeah. And he had maybe 18 or 19 innings, and he had like 40 walks, mm-hmm. uh, but he got drafted. And a guy like Isaiah didn't. So it's clear what gets you in the door. And as Steven said, once you get in the door, then you have to perform. Yeah. Uh, but I think just a simple way to put it is the higher velo you have, the greater margin of error you have. And that's for everything, that right? Is a like, good way to put it. If you're throwing 90 and you want a chance to play in the big leagues, you're going to have, have to have way much better command than if you throw 100. Mm-hmm. If you throw 100, you have a greater margin of error for your command. If you throw 100, you have a greater margin of error for poor performance on the field. They'll keep you around longer. Oh, they're going to keep you around. If you <laughs> throw 90 and you, get, and you give up a couple home runs, you might be pulled. Yeah, and they can you use your velocity cut. as the reason, you know. Maybe this yeah. is his velocity here, is, you know, compared to 10 years ago. You see it all the time. Guys' velo goes down, their performance dwindles, it's, you know. And usually they talk about velocity first things first. Or they reinvent themselves as a pitcher, right? But nowadays, it's like, we don't have to do that. We don't have to lose that. We can train. We have so many great there's opportunities across the country to train and get your stuff where it needs to be in order to execute on the field at a high level. So it's, that's pretty cool that everybody has that luxury now.
you know. And then going back to what you said quickly about Hendricks and Greg Maddox, like <laughs> those guys, their margin of error, we just talked about, is so small because they don't mm-hmm. throw that hard. But they have elite levels of command, elite yeah. level of movement on their balls where they can throw sinkers that move this much and put it mm-hmm. exactly where they want. So it's not the same as you said, as if you're throwing 88, throwing 50% strikes and missing Yeah, God knows where it's going. And, you and know. straight, like. It's, a, it's, it's a, yeah, it's an art for sure. It's an art to pitching. You know? And like Lucas said, I think your margin of error when you're throwing harder is a lot uh, greater. So it's it's important what you uh, prioritize early on, I think. I, I tell it to our guys all the time. You know, we trained at driveline baseball, and that kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things. You know, taught me a lot about what's important in the game and seeing these guys go to different schools and different levels. It's like, you know, because of the gains on the gun in the gym, they were going, getting greater opportunities. And it was, it was pretty cool to see. And it kind of taught you, like I said, you know, if you can get that number you need on the gun first, then prioritize your command and whatnot, learn the intangibles of the game, find a school, whatever it may be, a training facility that you can work on these things at with your new arsenal, it's just going to lead to, you know, a better opportunity, which is pretty cool. Definitely. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. At the end of the day, Velo is important. If you want to continue to play this game as long yeah. as you can, Velo is going to be needed. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not the only thing, but it's definitely one of the first things that should be addressed. So, Absolutely. yeah, you guys have any questions about that or uh, want to know more about Velo or anything like that, just let us know. Yeah. Until, if, besides that, until next time. Till next time, guys. Yeah. Thanks.